Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beer and Money. I am Ryan Burkwell. And I'm Alex Collins. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about leverage. Specifically, what is it? Examples of how to use it. In our last episode, we were talking about room for error, and I brought up this terminology of, of leverage when, when we've got a certain amount of assets sitting on the balance sheet and where those assets are. So today, we're going to talk about actually how to do it. But before we dive into that, Alex, what are we drinking today? Uh, today, we are drinking the Samish Haze. It's a hazy IPA from one of my favorite breweries, Black Raven Brewery in uh, Redmond and Woodenville. Yeah, Black Raven, hands down, one of my favorite breweries. Uh, I think Alex and I are very, very biased when it comes to this, but uh, it's also really, really good. And I think we're getting better with our beer taste. We're, maybe we're getting become beer snobs at this point. I'm not sure. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, alcohol percentage on this is 7.1. IBUs are at 45. Um, as we've both said, we love Black Raven. Um, the Hazy IPA, Alex, what are your thoughts on that? And very drinkable, very smooth. Um, this, like, unlike some of the other beers that we've had recently, this isn't like a seasonal beer. You don't need to drink it in the summer or drink it in the winter or, or anything of that nature. This is just a good everyday beer. Um, I would give this a nine bottle caps out of 10. So nine bottle caps out of 10 for Alex. I'm going to go with eight on my end of things. Solid beer. Um, I think I might be harder uh, on the the grading scale than Alex, uh, maybe, <laughs> but uh, maybe d- definitely try them out, Black Raven. If you have not tried them out, so L- let's jump into the the topic here. So so leverage. You know, it's funny. I think many advisors talk about leverage. We we use the word leverage, and many times when we sit down with clients, or even when we're having just you know off the wall conversations with people we know, I think people say that they understand what we're talking about but then when you go to look at their finances and what they're doing they either just forget about it or they actually don't know and so you know let's let's start out by defining leverage alex sure leverage is a force multiplier and it really doesn't matter what we're talking about it is going to increase or magnify whatever we put into it. So like when we're talking about leverage, most of the time we're talking about putting in less work on one end to get more work done on the other end. And that could, it it can have, it will have a multiplication effect, whether that's good or bad. And I'm going to put that in Ryan Berkla terminology because that's Alex Collins uh, verbiage. (laughs) Uh, Ryan Berkla's terminology is more of, being able to take more risk uh, on a different asset to gain a higher return because of owning another asset. Yeah, the, what you're saying essentially is the existence of something that is safer will allow us to leverage up and become more aggressive with other components of our portfolio. Yeah, so let's take a let's take a high level. Um, just very simplistic example without going too much in the details. I'm looking at you, Alex, when we when I say that. <laughs> um, so here, here's what I would say. You know, we talk to tech professionals all the time and every once in a while they, they talk about how they maybe want to go off and start their own thing. Yeah. So imagine being person A and person B. Let me explain person A. Person A has $5,000 in their savings account 
and then you know has $250,000 in their retirement account, right? High level, and they've got and they own their home, right? Or with a mortgage, right? That that's that that traditional looking balance sheet. Person B, let's just say his twin brother. His twin brother has $250,000 in savings. And let's say they only have $5,000 in their retirement account. So let's just flip it. So first, let's, who's got the bigger risk when starting a new business? Person A, all day long. And the reason for that is person A only had $5,000 sitting in savings. While they had $250,000 sitting in their retirement account, that money can go up and down. And do they have access to it? Taxes, penalty, right? There's a bunch of volatility there. Whereas person B is sitting on $250,000 of cash and only $5,000 in retirement account. Now, should it be that split? Like this isn't for a conversation of like person B did it wrong. <laughs> it, it, that's not what I'm talking about. Or did it right, either right. way. What I'm getting at here is, like Alex's response, I think most people would say, yeah, person A's got more risk. Why? Well, it's because they only have $5,000. So if something bad happened and they had it happen to their retirement account, now it's a bigger risk. Yeah. So in, in this example, we've got different uses of leverage. Person A is leveraging their investment account by trying to have as many dollars at work for them in their retirement account as possible. Person B is really trying to more leverage the business and make sure that they can withstand the ups and downs of the business. And so now, now we're just talking about like person A may not feel comfortable starting the business because they only have a limited amount of liquidity. And so as a result, they either wait longer than they otherwise would have or don't start the business at all whatever the case may be they, they typically we see that person is much more conservative in terms of starting a business and and walking away from a six-figure income and so it's it's different amounts of leverage and what you're trying to do with it and helping understand where the leverage points are and what you're actually trying to do with it and so this is where personal financial planning comes in and I emphasize and emphasizes, right? I'm making fun of, you know, syllables. It was a great movie. <laughs> the point of the matter is, is what is your, like, what is it you want for me and Alex to say that everyone should do X, Y, and Z is ludicrous. No, I think absolutely. Not, it's not like the rapper. <laughs> But it, it, it would be malpractice on, on Alex and my and on my end, right? Because this is where we don't know anything about you. We don't know what you're trying to build, right? But we understand how to leverage assets. And, and the whole purpose of this episode is understanding, okay, to leverage something, that, that, that asset normally has to be in a relatively safe location. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the area that most people are comfortable with and have some of the most leverage is in their real estate. Like you think about the person who like is just getting started and put 3% down on a house. Like, okay, you are significantly and massively leveraged 
because you're using somebody else's money to buy the house, you're on the hook for the 3% down that you put down plus the payments and your creditworthiness. Yep. And to take that a step further, so imagine you did have, let's just say we're talking about, and I'm going to make simple numbers here. Let's just say that the home value is $500,000. That's what you would have had to purchase the home for. And you had $250,000 sitting in cash. And we had interest rates still at that 3% level, right? Obviously, this is you know several months ago at this point, but let's just use that as the example. Would it make sense for you to take your $250,000 and put that fully down on the home and that way your mortgage is only $250,000? In most circumstances, no. No, because you could put that money elsewhere and possibly beat that 3%, right? That That's the leverage that we're talking about. That's that's the whole purpose of today's episode. And, and while that's a simplistic answer, now let's go bigger picture here, Alex, right? So bigger picture, like we, the last episode was all about having room for air. Mm-hmm. And we get people when we first tell them like you should have 12 months of liquidity. Now we don't mean 12 months sitting in savings, but 12 months of access to money. I mean, we get some eyebrows raised. Yeah, especially from the folks that make a decent chunk of change. Right, yeah, imagine you make 500 grand a year and you've got Ryan and Alex telling you to have $500,000, access to $500,000. Which, when we first start talking to people, to them, that means 500K in the bank. Yep, which is not what we mean, to be clear. And this episode isn't, you know, we still talk about the three to six months sitting in savings, but it's more of having like money liquid. We talked about brokerage account and other types of accounts that you have access to that's not tied in a retirement account. That's what we mean by that. But also the 12 months, now when we talk about leverage, and when we're getting to retirement, okay, if, if you, we don't have a lot of money sitting in cash and we get to retirement and the market goes down, how does that affect what we're doing? Yeah, when like even if we just think about it from a standpoint of like building up extra liquidity that allows us to stay more fully invested over our retirement years or be able to pull money from an alternative place during down years in the market. Having that flexibility, having that ability to leverage financial markets is incredibly valuable. And the only way to do that, and this is the key ingredient, is behave. And the only way that's really easy to behave is when we have access to money that's not correlated with the stock market in that scenario. Yeah, having a coach, having an advisor, having somebody who's standing alongside of you, helping you make sure that you behave helps, whether it's diet, exercise, finances, whatever. Yeah, and and while I think a lot of people are sitting here thinking, well, I'll behave, right? Like, you don't know what you're really going to do. Like, in the last episode, we talked about the Great Depression, right? And if you Google Great Depression, it was like a 10-year period of time, Right. And the market was going down some days and then coming back up and then going back down. And then there was loss of jobs. And that, right, and we can keep going down this list. Imagine going through that period of time for, I mean, I'm not even talking about 10 years. Imagine going through that period of time for two or three years. When mixed in the middle of that was the best year that the S&P 500 ever had. So how many people 
would really behave 100% in that scenario. I, I'd argue that most advisors couldn't. Yeah, especially when you saw four years in a row with double digit downs. So this is what we're talking about here. We're not talking about going crazy, by the way. Did I, did we come out and say, hey, you should have 10 years sitting in cash? Like, that's not what we're, right? But this is all about when we have our, <clears throat> our money allocated, whether or not in one bucket, it allows flexibility, it allows leverage, it allows you to behave. It allows all three of those. By the way, nor are we saying that you should take all of your money and leverage it up as much as you possibly can. That that's also ludicrous. We need to make sure that we've got balance. I've got ludicrous wrapping in my ear now. Um, you every time I say that. No, I, this goes back to the the common thing that we hear when we say twelve months. Like most people go, "Well, I'm losing out on rate of return, right?" Because they're only considering the dollars that are sitting on the sidelines, and they're not considering, okay, what can I do with my other dollars? Yeah, if you build it into a total portfolio and say, okay, this is a piece of my safe and conservative component, now I can be more aggressive with the rest of it because of the existence of this. This is such a key ingredient. It's often overlooked because it's not the fun conversation. Let's just call it what it is, right? It's more fun to talk about the rate of return. It's more fun to talk about how, you know, this possibility of getting you know, 20% uh, rate of return from the money that's sitting there. But the fact of the matter is, is the better you're protected from the downside allows you to also capture all or most of the opportunity on the front side. Which takes us to the question of the day, Alex. Yeah, our question today is how are you using leverage and maybe more importantly, how are you intending to use leverage in the future? So head over to beerandmoney.net and there's a spot for you to answer that question. Or if this episode brought anything new ahas for you, if you're like, oh, I never thought of it that way, share it with someone. The whole purpose of this podcast is to be a resource to help you think differently about your money. As always, we hope this episode was valuable. And Mr. Collins. Cheers. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities Guardian or Quantified Financial Partners and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities LLC is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation, or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact a representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Brian and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 200 Market Street, Suite 1850, Portland, Oregon 97201. 
phone number 503-221-1226. Securities, products, and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burklow, AR Insurance License, number 1531912. CA Insurance License, number 0K24924. Alexander Collins, AR Insurance License, number 7264699. CA Insurance License, number 0H24806. Pinpoint number 2022-138827. Expiration May 2024.